everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler, and I help entrepreneurs and business owners who know they have to make a move, but they don't want to just to move. They want to make it in a more sane, strategic, and systematic way, and they want to stop spinning their wheels. I know our guest today has some insight into that, so grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Allison Nelson. Hi, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Allison, tell us a little bit quick about who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So I obviously am Allison. I am a mother and a wife. I have an almost five-year-old girl, um, just as we're recording this. I'm a business strategist. So I help women, uh, female entrepreneurs who are service-based, fast track to four figures. I have a signature program called Fast Track to Four Figures because we got to keep it simple, right? We got to make a decision and move on. And so I started this business actually from a desire to want to make sure that women understand they don't have to wait. I was working in education. I got pregnant with my daughter and I decided not to go back to that life. And when she was about one and a half or two, I started my own business uh, with products. I, I created an e-commerce business. So mugs, shirts, things like that. I'm kind of known amongst my friends and family as sort of like an honest, straight shooter. I'm, I'm originally from New York. So, you know, kind of conjuring up any of those stereo- stereotypes, that's me. And so it kind of works for my product for a little while. And a lot of my target audience was women like me. I was a mother with a very young child kind of working in the margins, right? Nap time when she went to bed early in the morning, if she didn't wake up. And a lot of women started asking me like, well, how did you do it? How do you do it? How did you start a business with no capital? How do you work on it when, you know, your daughter sometimes doesn't nap or goes to bed late or whatever it is. And so I started, I added a blog to the shop website and I started talking about that stuff. I started a Facebook group where I talked about it a little bit more. And eventually people kept like kind of wanting that information. And I noticed that this particular group of people has a really hard time. Like we're such a great, like such a specific niche of people, these moms who are entrepreneurs wanting to have this business, but also knowing that their place is like to raise their children as well. And so like, how do you sort of do both of those things. And I think a lot of people wait when they don't necessarily have to, because it doesn't have to be perfect. And actually it really shouldn't be perfect because perfect, you don't learn, perfect is boring. We don't learn anything from perfect. So I really started my coaching business based on that idea. And here we are two years later, I'm a six figure business owner and I'm still going. I love every minute of it. So that's really exciting. And I'm going to just jump right in here. We were talking before I turned on the recording and not only is what you're saying true for moms, Mm -hmm. I think it's true for the people who are listening to the show who have chronic illness. Yes. And you have to say you can't sit around and wait until you feel good, you know, to to do that. And sadly, Allison, you just joined our wonderful family. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I just, uh, I found out about February, March, maybe of 2021 that I have Hashimoto's disease. 
So that is chronic, obviously, that's an autoimmune, it's never going to go away. And uh, of course, you know, there was a lot of like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's why I was in pain. And that's why this happened. And that's why unexplained weight gain and all of this stuff, right? Then also, then I then I got to a point where I was like, well, what do I do now? Um, because there were a lot of times where I would just put down what I was doing and I couldn't stay consistent because of the pain. And so obviously I'm, you know, I'm trying to heal from the inside out, doing a lot of like supplements and naturopathic kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, like, what if I had waited? I mean, I, I was actually the number one thing that I was grateful for besides finding out the diagnosis and not thinking I was crazy. Uh, but the second thing was that I hadn't waited. Um, because I've had this pain, to be honest with you, for years. I just didn't know. I have always like fluctuated with my weight. I'm very tall with very small feet. I thought that my back pain was because of that. I thought it was because I don't work out as much as I should, that I like bagels a little bit too much. Like that's what I thought it was. Um, Those darn New York bagels. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I got I got to have my New York bagels. Exactly. And my pizza too, right? So I thought it was all of that, but no, but I'm so grateful that I didn't wait. And now I always talk about simplifying your business and making sure that like, you're sort of making the decisions and moving on. Yeah, it's not perfect, but that's not again, boring. Like that's not going to be what gets you to the next level. And so I had to really throw myself into that reality and live that. It was no longer a talk the talk. It was a walk the walk. So, and, and I think that's so important because for most of us, and, and I don't know if men so much, but I do know for sure that women, we are born to be caretakers. We are born to manage everything, run the household, run the business, take care of the family, all of these things. And if someone tells us they're here to help us, or that, you know, we, or we say we don't feel good, we still have to get out there and do it. And, you know, nobody's going to help me. I don't want anybody to know that I need help. I'm just going to keep going until I, right. you know, until I just run out of every bit of energy I've got. And then I'm down for a month. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I think understanding that there's something, and this can be simply that you've got a new baby, or it can be that you've just been diagnosed with a disability or a chronic of some sort. You cannot just sit and feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. You know, you need to get out there and you need to figure out, and I'm going to jump into one of the questions here real soon, because you need to figure out what you can do, when you can do it, and that it's okay if you need to do it differently than you used to. Yeah, that is 100% true. And I think, I think a lot of times, especially for women, and I think that's why maybe men, we sort of like don't notice that this is so much a problem with them. But for women, we, and I don't know about you, Nancy, but I feel like I was raised to like be selfless. Like I was raised that like being selfless is like the number one thing, like do for others. And like, yeah, there's a semblance of like, when I do for others and I make them happy, I feel good, of course. But like my life And I think a lot of women, our lives, we've been taught to like dedicate our lives to other people, to our husbands uh, or our spouses, our partners, to our children, to our work, to our bosses, everything. And when we start businesses, I think we also kind of bring that selflessness with us a little bit. And, you know, of course, there's so many amazing things about 
giving and service and all of that in, in terms of your business. And I think when you want to grow organically, that's one of the best things you can do. But I do agree with you that like, I think selflessness kind of now we're starting to see that like, well, but when there's something for us, it's actually the most, one of the selfish things we can do is be selfless because we're not actually paying attention to our own souls. And then when something like this, and this has been my journey, at least where like a little bit kind of like in the middle of my life, I get diagnosed with something that I'm like, oh, okay, wow. I guess I really have to pay attention to myself so that I can be selfless again, like I was kind of taught to do, but knowing that balance now that I'm, you know, sort of reaching the middle part of my life, (laughs) that's been kind of a wake up call. And I think a lot of people go through that also. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want this to be a spot where everybody holds back. I want this to be someplace where we get an understanding. We get to hear that other people are going through the same thing that we're going through and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're just human. Yeah. 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 And we're making it okay for other people to go, the people we take care of, we're making it okay for them to go through it, but not for us. We're not robots. We're not higher than anything. I mean, we're just humans and we need that love and belonging more than, you know, for ourselves, we need to create it for ourselves more before we kind of go out and do for other people. We were were just talking before I I turned on the remote about how I'm getting ready to have some surgery and it's Mm going to be um, six to eight weeks after the surgery where I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to be in a cast on both feet. I'm not going to be able to get out of the wheelchair. I'm going to have to be carried places if I need to you know, get out of something or my upper arm strength is going to be great. And I said, you know, it's a, I was, I used to worry about, cause I've done this 16 other times. And, and in the beginning it was, Oh God, no, how's my business going to survive? What, well, you know, what's going to happen if I can't right. work on my business? Right. This time I said, Hey, I'm going to get a chance to relax and watch some TV. <laughs> yeah. 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 And your business is probably going to be like better off for that, honestly, because you're going to be better off for that. Again, Absolutely. like when you pour into yourself and then you can come at your marketing or whatever it is with like, just like, I don't know, renewed like vigor maybe or something. That turns us to the conversation that I really want to get to. And that is having strategies and systems and processes in place so that I don't have to be, or that anybody else running a business who gets sick or whatever, you know, doesn't have to be in the business 24 seven. And one of the things that you had talked about was Mm -hmm. content management strategy system that you have. And I know for me, that's one of my biggest frustrations. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get it to do what I want it to do. I mean, I've got buffer, I've got Hootsuite, but it's coming up with the content Right, right. Yeah, it's not it's no longer I mean, like, you know, there's so many automated um, platforms. But then of course, depending on the social media platform you're on there, there's native schedulers as well. So like Facebook and Instagram, you can schedule that anyway. So yeah, so like that's I agree with you. That's never the problem. It's more like, what do I do? What do I write? And how do I sound like I'm not talking all over the place about a bunch of different things. So what I do with my clients, actually, I think I, I haven't really ever 
learned this from anybody else, but I've noticed that it works for me as sort of, we're all trying to funnel people to our offers. Like, and, and I'll t- totally love the word funnel, but we're all trying to get people to remind, like, remember that like, we have something to buy. We have something that you can buy and we would love for you to buy it or think about buying it sometime in the future, but we don't always want to sell it and look like we're selling it all the time. So my content strategy actually starts from your offer or starts from the thing that you're promoting. Now it could be your podcast as well. But for me, my group program is sort of like my signature offer. So everything, all of my content stems from what I really want uh, people to understand about how their beliefs are going to shift once they get in to this offer, once they invest. So what their beliefs are now and what they want them to be you know, what they sort of aspire to be. And I think that that is sort of like where it has to start because number one, it's so simple. It's so much more simple. You've got somewhere between three and five messages that you want your people to know. And that's what you can talk about in a bunch of different ways, of course, but over and over again, to be able to send the same message home Uh, because marketing and touch points are like, that's like, that's like a synonym. Like marketing is all about touch points. And in this day and age, we need to, we need to have more touch points than ever before. It is on us as entrepreneurs to make sure that we are touching our people um, more than, more than ever before. But how do we do that and not put pressure on ourselves? And how do we do that without like, sort of like um, being spammy and throwing ourselves on people 400 times a day? Because obviously that's, that leads to burnout. And I know with a chronic illness, that there's no way that's even, that even if I wanted to do that, I couldn't right? It's not consistent. It's just constant. And so that's not always helpful. So I think, you know, when we try to sort of funnel our people um, to our offer, our content strategy really needs to start with like those three to five sort of like messages that you know, your people need to hear. Maybe they're a limiting belief that you bust in a way that you bust it like no other. Maybe it's um, a client story that you have that, um, that is really, really inspiring. Um, maybe it's your own story, a little bit of your own story that you have. I just wrote a piece of content about how I love Dick Van Dyke <laughs> and it turned Falling into over that chair. <laughs> yes, yes. And it turned into this piece of content about how he, um, he paid to actually be the old banker in Mary Poppins. He had to pay Walt Disney money to actually take that role. He wanted it so bad. So he paid him $2,000 in the sixties, which is more like $17,000 now. And it's like, how, can you imagine loving your job so much you pay to do it? Like, and it sort of like came from I do every week. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing, like it sort of came from this place. And so, you know, when you kind of like, when you kind of forget the fact that you feel like you have to show up everywhere and do everything and you just focus on your people and what they need in those three to five messages, fun stuff comes out. And when you have fun, oh my God, non-manufactured fun in your content, in your business, uh, that's going to last you. And so pieces of content like that are going to get you through the days where you have to sit on the couch more often. They're going to get you through the days where like you need to take a break or you need to go to three doctor's appointments in a row (laughs) or yeah, or something like that, you know, like because you don't have to show up constantly. It's just consistently and hitting the mark every time. Like this is what they need to hear. So you've got these three pieces of content that you want to share over and over again. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, it's really like three pillars. So let's say you're a health coach and you think that maybe like your process inside of your offer, like your framework, which can give you a lot of clues about what kind of content you want to create. Maybe you talk about food, you talk about sleep and you talk about exercise, right? Those are like the three things. And you have some kind of system where all three things work together and that produces this healthy person, which is a result of your thing. So 
you know, under each pillar, I mean, there's a ton of different things. Let's take the sleep pillar, for example, how much sleep should you be getting? Um, you can do like three tips to getting eight hours of sleep every night, or you can bust the myth of like, no, you don't, you don't need eight hours of sleep every night or something like that. And there's like just a ton of things. If you can just brainstorm a bunch of different topics within that pillar, then you're still talking about that pillar. You're still staying under that pillar, but you're, you, you know, and you're driving the boy home that sleep's important and I can teach you how to sleep better or how to sleep deeper or whatever exactly it is. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does. The next question that comes to mind is, okay, you're doing this content. Mm-hmm. How often? Yeah. How often? So, you know, I think I'm going to balance that out with like, I'm going to answer it in two different parts. First of all, how often you want it to be is going to be the right way to do things because faith and trust in patience has to be like 50% of the time while the other 50% of your business is the grit and the perseverance, because we have to let this stuff work. We really do. Like we have to allow the touch points and we also have to make the decision and then move on. We can't be like torturing ourselves about like, well, if I post seven times a day, should I really post eight or seven times a day too much? And should I really be posting five? We cannot do that to ourselves. <laughs> like, and I don't know about, I mean, like the listeners here, but I know that um, I was told that Hashimoto's disease, like actually flares up when you're stressed. So I've been learning a lot of these different techniques to make sure that I'm not as stressed with my business and making decisions and sticking to them is one of the best ways that I can stay low stress in my business. You know, I recommend if you are posting one to two times a day and you like that, stay there. Uh, If you feel like that's not enough, try three times a day and see what happens. Obviously spreading them out, depending on what platform you're on too, there's definitely like You know, there's definitely some nuances to each platform, I would say. But I think if you're showing up at least once a day, and of course, I always tell my clients, have a call to action, have a call to action almost every single post, you know, if, um, if it's engaging, then that's fine. Like you want them to engage with the post, you want them to send you a message, or you want them to click a link, but make sure they know what they're supposed to do. We have so much information flying at our face. If you don't tell us what to do, we, we've become dumb. We've become dumber in a lot of ways as a, as a society because we just scroll and we see a link or we know someone's going to remind us a hundred times or whatever. So we don't have to pay as much attention. And our brain is sort of like mush, like we're asking other people to think for us. So I think calls to action are really, really important here so that people know what to do. And you can have a little bit of an understanding of who's, who's kind of watching your content and what's resonating and things like that. Let's, let's talk about that for a second, because of course, the first thing that jumps into my mind is something that we get a lot. We get these flyby PMs that say, you don't know me, but you know, I've got this wonderful product and da, 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 da. Yeah, and of course. When you, also, when you put on every, I've been told, and I don't know how true this is because I haven't recently looked at the analytics on it, but you're supposed to do four pieces of content of value and one of sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, my question is, if you've got a call to action on every post, mm-hmm. how does that take away from the value mm-hmm. on the value posts? You know, I could yeah. talk about my disabilities. I can talk about how you got to get out there and, and get more information. And, and if you want to know more, you can go ahead and PM me at, is that now a sales post? Yeah. I mean, like, yes, it could be. And I think that having a pure sales post or having a pure live about why your product or service is 
it's the right time to jump in for it or whatever that is. Like, I agree with you. I think that needs to be sprinkled nicely. You need to give value first, but calls to action don't always have to be, here's my product, by the way, or here's my service, by the way, it could be, it could be asking a question so that you can engage back and forth with them. Because sometimes we need to, we want to build relationships, not sometimes, always. And sometimes this is one of the better ways to do that because it not only gives us intel about like who's kind of resonating with our content, but it also gives us a chance to have them start talking. So your calls to action don't necessarily have to always be sales. Of course, I believe that they should be some of the time. And I I do like that somewhere between 20 and 30%, maybe you could go up to 50% when you're promoting something, you know, you're in a quote unquote launch period, which I've had to rework how I look at launches considering this new part of my life. But yeah, I think that like, I think the calls to action can be anything that you want them to be. I think it can be go, you know, even go sign up for this free thing because it's a low pressure kind of thing or um, asking a question like, have you ever blah, 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 tell us about it something like that. So I think it kind of depends on what your goal is. If you have, we're in a month where you just want to grow your audience, then you want your calls to action to be, to be focused on that, to point towards that. But if you're in a launch period and you want people to buy, yeah, you are going to talk about sales 50% of the time or so. Let's take that a little bit further. And we're talking about growing our audience. Yeah. And you talk about growing your community of ideal clients so that content works. Let's stretch that out a little bit and talk a little bit more about the nurturing and the growing of the audience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I have found uh, that my, so I, I told you about before in the beginning that my Facebook group was really started really as a VIP group. And for products. And what we, what we asked people really was like, you want a V-neck or a crew neck this month with the t-shirt? Like, you know, um, do you want this mug to be in pink or blue? Like, so, um, so that's where it started. And then we started to have more conversations about business, started sharing the blog posts and it sort of like took off from there. And what I noticed was I was providing value, building relationships, had a really nice community. And I think community is needed, always probably needed, but very much needed now. And I think that when you can be a leader, listen, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a leader. I don't care how many people are in your community or in your audience, you are a leader. So if you can sort of, I don't want to say capture, but kind of like capture that audience and have them sort of be captivated by your by your content, have them kind of meet in one place, like have them have a home base. I think that's so valuable. Obviously my audience is full of um, newer entrepreneurs, but any audience, I think they all need some kind of community. They all have a common thread and they need some kind of community to support them. And yes, there's a million Facebook groups out there. And of course, community doesn't always have to look like a Facebook group, but for me, it did. And it just occurred to me that, okay, well, I'm continuing to provide them value. Let me let them know that I can take this a step further, right? Like we can take this a step further together. I can provide you value all day, every day for years to come. But with my Facebook group or with my audience, I'm only really taking you from like a zero to maybe a three or a four, if you're watching everything I'm doing, but I can take you to a 10 if we work together. I love it. Yeah. So I think, I think that has been really valuable. And the other thing is too, like, like we were talking about before, you can automate some of these communities depending on, and for some people it's an email list, right? For some people it's like, 
sending emails and you're building community that way. For some people, it's even on Instagram. I have not found that I've been able to do that, but I think it's because I'm so focused on my Facebook group, which I'm, I'm grateful for because one thing, like simplifying it. But I've, I've noticed that when I started to let them know, hey, I actually you know, have something that can help you get from that like three or four to a 10, that's when people start being like, oh, okay. And they start looking at you as the expert, the professional, they start, you know, wanting to collaborate with you, wanting to work with you, working with other people inside of your group. I, I pride myself on the fact that my group is a great networking group as well. People get clients from my group. I'm not the only one getting clients in there. And I think it's because when you show up in a place and people see you in a, on a consistent basis, it's so helpful for them and it makes it easier for them. And we always want to make things easier as much as we can, because entrepreneurship is not easy and it never will be. But if we can make it easier and helping by helping each other, then, you know, that's kind of what I want my group to, to sort of be. So. I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, that again, resonates so much with us that it's like, there are some days when I'm going, I don't even want to get out of bed this morning. And I've got, six podcasts to do that day and I'd go and and believe it or not it takes a lot out of you to do these podcasts it does I I it does I agree with you completely yeah it's like sitting in the sun like you don't think sitting in the sun is going to take a lot out of you or like swimming in the pool like why are you so tired after swimming in the pool and sitting in the sun but like your body just like really it took a lot and I agree with you, the mental kind of exhaustion after I, I'm an introvert, actually, and a lot of people don't know that, but I am <laughs> too. Yeah. And so I, I actually will plan my live videos for like, I can, I'll take a break right after I'll plan it right before lunch, my lunch break or something, because I, and I joke, I tell people like, I'm in the fetal position for like a half hour in the corner <laughs> after I do something like this, because like, <laughs> that's just, that's what it takes. And I think you have to know that as an entrepreneur. And I think, you know, that kind of goes back to the selflessness conversation that we were having. Like you can't throw every bit of you at everybody else. Um, people you don't know, right? Potential clients, your spouse, your your children, like your parents, you can't throw every piece of you and expect it to be good because yeah. it's not yeah. going to be. And your yeah. energy, there are way too many other people out there doing similar things who know how to take care of themselves and know how to balance and know how to understand like, okay, I'm showing up consistently. I will automate. And for me, it's automating posts in my Facebook group ahead of time so that I know like I can bring my daughter to camp and as I'm driving home, I can stop for coffee or I could go get gas and I'm not rushing home because I didn't post today. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing in that that's important too, is that something happens and, oh, well, I didn't post today. So what, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't get something done? I mean, my, my favorite saying these days is, well, if I don't die from it, I guess it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And like the thing is too, like, I, which I think we need reminders of constantly is that our potential clients are not thinking about us every single second, the way that we're thinking about our business. Like they're not laser focused the way we are on our business. So they're not over there being like, well, Nancy didn't post today. I can't believe it. After a week, they might notice that you haven't posted, right? But like they won't, and, and they might be concerned. You know, when you create a community and you have that respect and you're building those relationships, they're, they're concerned. They're not annoyed. They're concerned for you. Yeah. They want to know where you are. Yeah. But I think like 
they're not focused on your business the way you are. I, I think reality needs to set in a little bit where like your potential clients have a bunch of other crap going on in their lives. And like, it, maybe they noticed that you didn't post or you, they didn't get the Monday email that they've been getting for a year or something. And you just didn't do it this time, but like most likely not like Absolutely. And that's a belief and a feeling that is just fiction. Yeah. We're, we're taught that you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. And for the most part, that's right. I think, yes. but right. ag- again, oh, well, I didn't feel good today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting ready to take two days off. We're going back up to Michigan to move furniture. And I've got the next two weeks just blocked out on my calendar. I'm not doing any work for two weeks. And, you know, I doubt that anybody's even going to where's Nancy? (laughs) But I think, and like, again, this goes back to the leadership. I think like, I think a lot of people look at that as like, oh, okay, well, if she can do it, I can do that too. If she's taking the weekend off, I guess I can take the weekend off and things will be okay. Like if she believes that by not posting today, she's going to be just fine, which is the truth, Mm -hmm. um, right? You are going to be just fine. Then I guess, it's okay that I don't post today. And and so therefore you are becoming a leader by showing them, by walking the walk yeah. that this is, this is okay. Yeah. Like you said, nothing's, nobody's going to die. Nothing's going to go in flames if you don't post. So like, yes, consistency is important. And I believe that you get a client or you sell your services by the summation of the things you do. And not like that one amazing post, that one amazing live, that great email, right? Like it's actually just like all the little steps you've taken, which is why consistency is important. But yeah, like if you like you're human still at the end of the day, and so are your people. And I think showing them that you're human is something that a lot of people don't want to do and don't want to admit to doing. Everybody wants to look perfect on the outside. Guess what? That's why I'm so transparent Mm -hmm. with what goes on with me. You know, my posts, I'll talk about everything that all the wonders that have happened to me in the past seven years and, and everything, because I want everybody to know that I am human and that I'm not here to fix somebody else's problems. I'm here to help them because I'm right there with them. Yeah. Like you're giving this community a voice. And I think, I think that that's in a world where there are so many voices yelling and screaming and everybody's is important. I think that you know, it's really important to make sure that people who suffer, and I found from being in this community now for a few months, I found that people suffer really silently. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I, I guess, technically, I suffered silently too, for a while, because I probably could have dug a little deeper into why I was pain, why I was in pain. But instead, I just blamed myself. <laughs> what, you know? what are the, the top things that people are afraid of? And one of the very, you know, losing your home, not, you know, living, being homeless, living in your car, whatever. Those right. are top scary things. Yes. But I think almost, and I don't know statistics, I'm just doing this from gut. But I mm-hmm. think one of the things that is probably the scariest thing for people mm-hmm. is being sick. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't know what's wrong with us. We don't know if we're going to wake up the next morning. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. just, we have no control. People like to be in control. And yeah, when you're sick, yeah. you lose that control That's and right. we fight it. That's right. That's absolutely right. By going to a doctor, by getting a blood test, by what, by looking into it more, I lose control. I lose control. It's no longer my thing. 
because I'm now sharing it with other people and how many similarities, oh my God, to business, right? Of this, like that we try to control the outcome of whether we're going to get a client or whether we're going to become millionaires or whether we're going to hit four figures this month or whatever it is. We try to control the result and we don't understand that the process is really, first of all, what's more in our control because our thoughts and feelings and actions are in our control. And that's where the process is. That's That lives in the process. And it doesn't live in the results. The result has a lot to do with what other people decide to do, which is out of our control completely. So I, I totally agree, I think. And I think that was my problem for a while. I wanted to control it. As long as it was my thing, as long as I didn't tell anyone, I was able to control it. I, I could control it with like, let's say some Tylenol. Or I can control it with like, you know, telling people I'm just tired so that I can sit on the couch. I can control it with overworking my business so that I gave myself the opportunity to sit on the couch when really all of that stuff didn't have to be. But I, I needed the control for a long time. I think when you release control is when actually the good things start to happen. And yeah, it's going to be imperfect. It's going to look imperfect. Yeah. And I think rejection is something a lot of people fear as well. Yeah. So they fear that they'll be rejected for their imperfectness or yeah. there's probably a better word for that. But but I think not having that love and belonging, like the only facts I have for it, just like you, it's all gut. But the only facts I have for it is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, yeah, we're afraid to like lose our, the roof over our heads and not have food on the table and sort of those basic things at the bottom of the pyramid. But at the top, and really what we want is that love and belonging. That's what we're all searching for. Yeah. So I think we start to feel like we're going to lose that. And, and I think we just need to let everybody know that you're actually going, if you become more human, if you become more open and sharing and caring, you're actually going to gain. You don't need the people that, example, I'm always giving examples and stories. That's to, good. To stories are the best thing. Tell, yeah. Back when I was doing the pre-interview interview for the podcast when I was just starting them. Yep. I had an appointment with someone and I hadn't even ever talked to the person themselves. All I had ever done was talk to the assistant. Mm -hmm. And I had set up a time for the pre-interview and I had to cancel it because I was getting ready for a surgery. Mm -hmm. And the doctor had said, you got to come in here right away. We need blood work. You know, your surgery's tomorrow, whatever, whatever. So I had to cancel that inter that pre-interview. Right. Rescheduled the next time we were ready for the pre-interview. I had laryngitis. Oh. Now, how do you talk to someone when you've got laryngitis? You, know? oh, you, you, you can't. So I can't I canceled again. And I get back from the assistant, I get back, well, obviously you don't care enough about talking to so-and-so that oh. we're just going to say thank you and move on. We can find other people who are interested in what we have to say. Oh my goodness. But that was before I let it, and I don't care. I am so glad I did not interview that person. I don't even remember now who it was. That's you the know? thing, is like you dodged a bullet and didn't even know it. Like, it's almost like life happened for you in that Case. like it's, it's good that that stuff happened because the interview might have not been great that's right whatever so, happened, you know yeah so now I just I just say hey look you know I've got these disabilities you know there may be times when I have to do this or this or this or whatever yeah. and if you can't understand that just move on. I appreciate you, but you know, I'm not dealing with it. So no, I, no. I think you gain in the long run by being open. 
I, I actually think I completely agree. And, uh, you know, I think um, when you start to like, when you start to tell people when you when you're up front, this is me, lots of times, I, I curse a lot in my marketing, not not like a lot. But again, I'm a New Yorker. And I, I, if you write down the stereotypes of New Yorker, I promise you, I'm at least 70% of that. And so cursing is one of the things that I do when I get really passionate and stuff. So one time I had a, a guest expert, and like, first of all, it's um, bullshit is in my is in the title of my group. I do a lot of like AF, you know, so that I don't get caught by the, um, you know, by the filters and stuff. Yeah. But like, I'm letting people know, like, you're going to hear the F word, you're going to hear the S word, you're going to hear things. I'm not crude. I believe it's the classiest it can be. But when I get a little passionate, I do, I end up cursing. So I was going into a Facebook group to do a guest expert live. And I cursed, I said the F word once. And like, maybe I said shit twice or something. She deleted my, my um, video and kicked me out of the group and never told me why. And it turns out people were offended by the fact that I cursed. And so it gave me a really good lesson actually to be upfront about it ahead of time. Because, and I've had a lot of people come into my group and find that I curse and not like it and leave. And that's great. You know, you, you should do that. You should do that. But I, I don't want ever want people like getting into a situation where they feel like they're uncomfortable because I wasn't uh, open and honest. Like that's, that would be a waste of anybody's time. Just like your podcast girl. Yeah. I had, I had my best friend and I used to do before I got so sick. And before uh, COVID and everything, I had 11 years of in-person uh, weekend business retreats every wow. year for 11 years. We did a, we did a weekend long business retreat someplace in the United States. Fun. And uh, the last one that we did, I did it as an online one. And it was before all of the online mm-hmm. events and everything. It was one of the very first ones. Mm-hmm. And I was finding people to be speakers. Yeah. And I found this one woman and she was great at what she did. <laughs> but every other word out of her mouth was, <laughs> you know, something. And this, my best friend was, she's an older woman, uh-huh. she's a very religious woman. Ah, uh, yeah. And she informed me that I needed to not have that person in my retreat. And I said, I'll ask her to tame it down a little, but I think she needs to be heard. And, you know, if that's just something that you don't want to listen to, don't jump on that particular, you know, interview. Yeah, yeah. But Thankfully, she was upfront and honest. I mean, like when people ask me not to, I won't. Like, I will be very respectful, but I'm glad that they've asked me not. And even sometimes I've had to say, hey, I don't know if you've checked out my marketing in the past month or so, but I tend to drop the F-bomb. Is that going to be a problem for you? Um, Because I want to know. And like, yeah, I I lost my best friend. She, this was like five years ago and I haven't talked to her once since then. Oh, no. (laughs) So, but you know what? I'm still here. It didn't kill me. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. It didn't kill you. That's right. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry that happened though. Um, it's, you know, I, <laughs> the, the funniest story I ever could tell is my mother was this little tiny woman, very quiet. She wouldn't, she would hardly even talk, let alone, mm. you know, anything else. And, and just 
every so often we'd be going at it or something and she'd go or all of a sudden we'd hear her sitting out in the other room doing something and we'd hear shit <laughs> we're going what was you know what was that <laughs> it was so funny That's so funny it so she was say much but what she said packed a punch you bet <laughs> and the <laughs> other thing she would yell at us is when we were going at each other and she'd go will you please shut up i'm the mother <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh my gosh. There's some, I forget which comedian it is. I think it might be Eddie Murphy that makes this joke about like how he thought his name was Jesus Christ for a really long time because his father just always wanted to say, Jesus Christ. I love it. I love it. Well, unfortunately, that's probably the best ending we're ever going to have. <laughs> We've talked way longer than we were scheduled to. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But this that's is all right. I love it. This has been happening a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That's good. I mean, hey, connection, right? In community, like, and thank God that we have the ability to do this in 2021, especially with everything that's going on, because it's amazing to be able to connect this way. So absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Allison. If you were to, if, if, if you were to leave right now, which you are, <laughs> <laughs> what is the one thing you want to leave us with? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, like really just the, just the essence of your message that please don't wait. I mean, like take massive imperfect action. Don't let that inner critic try to tell you not to, because she doesn't really remember the stories that you told yourself that make you feel like you're not good enough to do this. Like she just knows that she will hold you back and keep you in like fear town, which is comfort town too. But fear is boring. So just remember that. I mean, like if you want to live an authentic, big, beautiful life and you know you can, fear is boring. What could be the choice to love instead of fear? Don't, don't wait. That's beautiful. Guys, it's time, unfortunately, for us to go. I just loved this conversation today, and I hope you have as well. If you did like what you've heard here and you'd like some help with your marketing, Allison, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can come hang out in my Facebook group. It's my home away from home, uh, and it is uh, called Empowered and Free, No BS Marketing Strategies for Female Entrepreneurs. I love it. Check it out, guys. And to wrap things up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do here at Business Success Unlimited. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact information is in the show notes, as always. Or you can email me at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. Guys, Thank you so much for being with us today. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments. If you have some thoughts on future topics that you'd like to hear about, let me know. And until the next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.